M1 is the finance super app that puts you in control of your wealth. Invest, borrow, save, and spend your money how you want with sophisticated automation tools to help you reach your financial goals more easily. 2021 is about rebuilding, building health, building wealth, and everything in between. I've been using M1 for years to manage my long-term investment portfolio. M1 lets me follow some of the top performing hedge funds like Code 2 and balance my pie based on what the pros are doing. It's truly my favorite investing app in the world. Go to m1finance.com slash Katoon to get started today and earn $30 to invest after you fund your account. Terms and conditions apply. M1, yours to build. Welcome to Technology Podcast. I'm Scott Katoon. On today's show, we catch up with CJ Watson, former NBA player, former Chicago Bull. We talked a little bit about basketball, playing days, what it's like in the locker room for players who are into investing. Also got to reminisce a little bit. Uh, I always like going down memory lane. I think I, I live in memory lane. Uh, when CJ was a senior at University of Tennessee before he went pro, his last year, the coach was Bruce Pearl who I actually got to know really well when he was the head coach at UWM, UW-Milwaukee, took their team to the Sweet 16. A couple of guys on that team, Mark Pankratz, uh, a few others that are local here to Chicagoans, if you know him. Um, recommend checking out Mark. He's at Northwestern Mutual. He'll manage your money. He manages CJs. We talked about that a little on the show. But uh, good times were had back in Milwaukee in the days getting to know Bruce Pearl. So it was kind of fun to reminisce about CJ's experience with Bruce. And in general, you know, the conversation goes across a lot of things. CJ, not only has he written books, does he have a foundation? He's an investor. I didn't realize that CJ Watson has made 10 to 12, whatever it was, angel investments. I only discovered that following him on Twitter, kind of accidentally. Uh, I follow you know, Baron Davis and Andre Guadalla and obviously Kevin Durant, LeBron James, and a few others that are really heavily involved in tech, all of them at sort of different levels. Uh, even Steph Curry is pretty big into this. And you see a lot of a lot of players who kind of made the news. If you didn't know that they were investors, you found out after Coinbase's IPO because a bunch of them made a fortune. Um, CJ has been invested in some big companies like Turo. If you're unfamiliar, it's the app that lets you drive other people's cool cars. I'm a big fan of the app. You should download it. It will help CJ and Turo <laughs> and anyone who uses Turo for that matter. Um, the conversation to me was most interesting just to get like an insight into how he decided to get into investing and sort of how he and I look at investing in VCs. There's a little back and forth barb about kind of Twitter VC and this whole like, oh, only we can do this. This is this like special secret, you know, skill that we have that no one else has. And it's, it's really, in my opinion, just not true. And what I've found with athletes and in particular veterans, military veterans, they've been up against it. They've had to grind their entire life. They wake up at four o'clock in the morning and exercise and keep their body and their mind right. And I think that gives them a massive advantage in anything that they do. Um, but it's an even bigger advantage when it comes to things like tech investing entrepreneurship, because it is kind of on you. Like at the end of the day, the only person to blame is you. The only person you can really lean on is you. Um, and you have to be a self starter. You have to move on your own or it will be trouble. Another thing that we talked about that I think is probably the most important in the conversation was the fact that there are a lot of athletes who come from a background that may not, well, not may not, it does not match up with what a lot of the Silicon Valley elite and the Yale, Harvard, Northwestern, Chicago grads have come from. 
And as a result, they make investments in companies that a lot of those people miss and they have a lot of success. And the biggest reason, and I've talked about this before, we talked about, I think we even mentioned it in the show, but we've talked about it with Cash Drops founder. We've talked about it with Mac, the VC. We've talked about it with Ken from Republic, why he started Republic. The, the main thing is, if you don't understand what the average person goes through, how can you possibly understand the tools that they use or the tools that they rely on? or the tools that they need to succeed. You know, Cash Drop basically focusing on people who, who sell services through themselves they, on the back of a car, out of their apartment, out of whatever. And you might be like, well, is that a big market? That's, that's not like Salesforce. Uh, it's a gigantic market. It's maybe the biggest market. It's the majority of the world. It's the majority of the US and the world. And so when I see guys like CJ Watson and, and other ballplayers and other veterans and people who come from diverse backgrounds getting involved in tech, I love it. Not only because I think it gives a great opportunity for founders who have previously not had the opportunity to raise money, but it, it pretty much forces the hand of funds and different groups who have predominantly raised money from only people who look like them and their own background and their little college network. It forces them to look at other options. You're not going to turn down someone like CJ Watson's money. You're not going to turn down intros that he makes. One of the best intros in the world is introducing somebody who has a background like an NBA player, a baseball player, a football player, whatever, uh, an actor, a singer. Artists are well-known and they have charisma. And as a result of that, everybody wants to meet them. And what I think is that kind of entrance into the tech market accelerates change. It accelerates everyone's welcoming and willingness to do business with everyone else. And I think that's what we need. We sit here and we, we tweet and we talk and you know, inspo posts on Instagram and all this other shit. And at the end of the day, that doesn't move the needle. Money moves the needle. People who actually do stuff move the needle. And CJ is one of those people, as well as many other athletes that he talked about on this show. And uh, if you're if you're a founder, I think this is a really interesting way to realize that you can get into the game from anywhere. And if you're an investor, I think it shows you just how much interest there is outside of your home cooked network. So as Bulls announcer Stacey King would say, here's my interview with C.J. Watson. Give me that hot sauce, C.J. C.J. Watson, I know you play in basketball. I've heard uh, amazing stories of basketball, but I didn't realize until I found you on Twitter uh, that you were big into tech and investing in a whole bunch of other entrepreneurial stuff. So I'm, I'm super excited to have you on the show. I appreciate you taking the time. Oh, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. So, you know, normally we start these, these off talking about you know, founder background, entrepreneur background. Uh, we've had a handful of celebrities and and athletes and so forth on here. And I think they they do really well on entrepreneurship for the most part because they've been in the spotlight for a long time. They understand the bullshit game that takes place behind the scenes better yeah. than anybody. So when they get into a boardroom, it's like immediately know like what's yeah. up. Um, right. You, it's different because it, it, you were at Tennessee in 20, 2006 and uh, Bruce Pearl was the first time coach there. And I, I knew him um, from his days at UWM. I went to Marquette. Mark Pankratz was a good friend of mine. Uh, yeah. He played ball here in Schaumburg. He's and actually so, my financial advisor. <laughs> is he really? So his, yeah, his yeah. Western Mutual <laughs> shit's got you now? Yeah, yeah. They, they, they reeled me in. <laughs> I, I have to ask, how many calls did it take? Was it just one? Uh, was it like Tennessee alum were good? Or was it like, did it take some time? It was kind of just one. Uh, I had a financial advisor, financial advisor before, and uh, I knew Mark from just previously. He was never at Tennessee when I was actually there, uh, but yep. every time I went back to like workout stuff, he was always there. So I just kind of got to know him a little bit, and I always was a good guy, whatever. And 
uh, once I told him I was looking for a new financial advisor, he told me that he was one at Northwestern Regional. So we kind of talked uh, for a couple of times and uh, had a couple of meetings. And after that, it was kind of pretty easy. Free shout out for Mark Pankratz. Uh, yeah. Always like <laughs> celebrating the days of like Joe Katz and, and some of these like shitty bars in Milwaukee that we used to go to. <laughs> I, my, well, it's ironic. I was walking my, I have a new, uh, new baby daughter. She's turns three weeks on Wednesday. Okay. Congratulations. And, uh, thank you. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out sleep on that. It's girl number two. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, it's tough. <laughs> oh my God. And so my wife and I worse. were walking and I don't want to hear that. <laughs> my, I, I, I suspect, um, my wife and I were walking, uh, down by where we live. And she was like, you and this, like living in the days of past, like the heyday. Mm-hmm. And I was like, who wants to stop? Like you have right. a good time in the past. Like I'm not trying to get old and be like, Oh, I ironed my khakis today. Like, fuck that. Yeah. yeah, Right. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. So we're, so I'm living in the past, I guess is what I'm saying. Um, and it was, it was a lot of fun back in the day. And obviously you have had an amazing career to save the hokey question. I'll, I'll just get it out right out the front. Like what, what was in your mind as you're playing basketball, are you setting up shop to like be an entrepreneur and to invest? And like, are you interested in it from the get go? Or, you know, cause I, I've been tweeting back and forth with Baron Davis about this same yeah, thing. Yeah. Like yeah. in his mind, he talked about being in UCLA, setting this shit up like yeah, yeah. in his head. And I'm just curious where you were, were you, were you playing basketball, focus on basketball? And then all of a sudden it was like, I want to do other things. I've got cash. I want to do something or, or was it like always on it? Uh, so for me, it was kind of really just, I was, like you said, I was always definitely for sure. Always focused on basketball but I always had like a plan B in the back of my head. I always wanted to do other things. My parents were entrepreneurs. So I kind of had the entrepreneur gene, I guess. And uh, obviously uh, when I got to the NBA, every summer I was taking internships. I was taking internships at Google, Facebook, EA Sports, things of that nature, real estate internships. And uh, so I knew I wanted to be in something in that kind of field. Uh, I just didn't know uh, a whole lot about it. So I just kept getting more information and more information and meeting more people and networking meeting people who are big in the space and uh, kind of just learning, learning from them, learning the, the ins and outs of the business. And uh, that, that kind of how I just got my feet wet and kind of, you know, kept getting uh, more information. Do players talk about that? Cause I, I feel like publicly on Twitter, they do. I mean, if you're, if you're following, like I'm just name dropping like the biggest names ever between Perrin Davis and, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and Iggy and Kevin Durant, but they're just the most yeah. notable in the space. <laughs> Right. I feel like people know that they invest because when their name's on a cap table, it makes the news. But yeah. I'm just curious, like among players, are you guys sitting there going like, hey, here's deals I'm looking in, like I'm, I'm taking classes and, uh, you know, there's a handful of players I, I've got the fortune to meet over the years that were very mm-hmm. into it. I was sort of blown away by it and yeah. no one talks about it. Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, in the locker room, obviously anything goes in the locker room. Uh, you can talk about anything from sports to to shoes, to, to cars, whatever. But I think, you know, at first it wasn't real big for, for athletes to invest, but now it is. And I think those talks are being more talked about in uh, at dinner, in the locker room, you know, on the, on the uh, training tables and things of that nature. And, and guys wanted to get their friends involved and, you know, everyone wants to make money and why not make money, you know, doing something where you're, you don't really have to put in a lot of, a lot of work and a lot of effort. Obviously you have to do your due diligence and, you know, and, yeah. and find, you know, uh, things that, that work for you, but, I think, you know, a lot of guys just want to get their friends involved and, and see a different side just besides basketball. You know, it's interesting. Like, I'm trying to think here. So you're, when were you in Chicago? It was not I that was there long ago. 2010 to 2012. Okay. Yeah. So that, that about lines up. So like 2010, 12, 14, you would see the biggest athletes. Obviously they've always had endorsements, but you would see the biggest yeah. athletes with, you know, 
signing kind of back deals on Instagram yeah. influencer kind of stuff. I, I feel like the, the big wide open, everything other than LeBron James and ladder and things that he's done, that's kind of a different yeah. set of yes. things. That's like yeah, on the rocks different level. Space, yeah. That's a different <laughs> yeah. world. Um, and Kobe before that, right. I mean, Kobe yeah. kind of set that whole thing up. Um, what I started to see was like the art of sport to me mm-hmm. was the, the brand that really galvanized. Like we can not only get endorsements, we can get investors, whether it's Javi Baez, obviously Kobe was an investor in that. Um, but you start to see athletes being put in a position so they can create their own fund. Like they create an LLC, an entity, they build the whole thing out and they don't just endorse a product. They own a product and they don't own it. Like it's not advisor shares. This is like, I own like 6% of this company and I'm driving it. I wonder in your career and obviously, you know, different, different levels, like LeBron, obviously different level, but like you're, you're in a situation where like, are, are you looking at this as an athlete wondering like, why the fuck don't I own these companies? Like, cause I'm sure you're getting offers for, uh, for different endorsements and commercial stuff. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like I said, there's different, uh, different levels, uh, like Meek Mill says, levels to things. And, uh, I'm definitely not a star player or even like a middle level player, but I would see myself as like a, a middle to low tier player, but I was definitely getting a lot of deals and a lot of uh, endorsements and stuff like that. So I just kind of, kind of based it on what did I want to put my name on and, uh, what was I, uh, did I actually believe in the vision and the mission of that company? And could I see myself, you know, obviously uh, endorsing that company, going out and branding it and commercials and things of that nature. And I think that's the, the biggest thing as athletes. That's what we, I feel, think about more more so than anything. What did, do you remember this? Like the first deal that maybe it's not one you actually ended up doing, but it's like mm-hmm. one that came to you as potentially endorsement or just something that kind of went past your face and you were like, I want in on that. Like I, if I'm going to participate in this company, I want to own a piece of it. Like what was that first one where you're like, th- like, I understand the script now. This is how this is going to yeah. go. So my first deal and how I really got involved in like uh venture capitalist or, or angel investing was uh 2013. It was like a, it was like, you remember those Gatorade drinks, like the powders that you put into oh, yeah. like a, a electrolytes or whatever. Yep. So it was yep. like a company. I forgot the, I forgot the name of it, but they gave me, I didn't have to put any money in or anything. They just used me for uh, marketing and things of that nature. And I uh, actually sold my, sold my, uh, my stock or whatever and got like 10 or $20,000. And that was the first time that I, you know, kind of reaped the benefits and, and found out about, you know, venture capitalists and angel investing and things of that nature. And that was kind of the first deal that got me excited and wanted to learn more and more and more. Cause at that time I really didn't know anything. They were just bringing me, you know, this deal and saying, do you want to be a part of it? Uh, I liked the mission. I liked where they were going with it. Um, I thought it could be a, a big space. They obviously were really huge competitors. Uh, that's why I sold my share before, you know, it diluted <laughs> yeah, <laughs> whatever. Smart move. Uh, so, so I think I got in, I got out at a good time. If you don't and, remember you know, the name, was, I think you got out at the right time. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember, I don't remember the name. <laughs> so uh, it was, it was good for me because I made some money and I kind of get my, get my feet burning and, and wanted to learn more about the industry. I, so like, I'm going to say this and I hopefully don't get, it won't be your problem. It'll be mine. I hope I don't get eviscerated on Twitter for mm-hmm. this. The VC, and I'm sure I know you follow it because I, I follow you on Twitter. The the VC little sham that like we work so hard, five jobs, oh, yeah, crush, yeah. whatever. <laughs> get the fuck out of here. Yeah. You're up in the gym at 4.30 in the morning, grinding on your actual body, like right. literally breaking your shit down to make yeah. money. And investing in these dudes are waking up, looking at decks and acting like they've solved the world's problems. And it's like, right. it, I'm just curious, because this, this isn't a world that you're necessarily coming from. I, I wasn't from this either. Like to me, I told this to my parents, I'm an investing company. They thought I was out of my mind. They were like, with what? Right. 
Right. Um, it's like, that's a good question. Right. Um, uh, I got some cards that I'm going to sell. I don't, I don't really know. But as soon as I got plugged into it and I started doing deals, like, and, and I think you follow me long enough to know, like at this point, like I'm into like Republic and a lot of democratized yeah. investing and, and like Mac, the VC comes on the show further regularly to talk about, you know, investing in the areas that people don't pay attention to. And I, I just, I guess I look at it and I'm like, they want to make it seem like it's incredibly difficult. And the reality is you just have to be smart and have opportunities. Yeah. If you have deal flow and you have discipline and you right. build conviction, you can be successful. I'm just curious what you see as a person who literally had to wake up and grind like it, yeah, it's yeah. to maintain your body to be in the NBA. As long as you were, is no joke. Yeah. I'm just curious when you look at these people <clears> talking <throat> about how fucking hard they work, that you're just like, <laughs> really? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sure, you know, it is pretty hard. You know, it's, it's definitely, uh, the stress is hard. The stress yeah, is hard. The stress. There's diligence, yeah, yeah. but at the end of the day, like yeah. one thing you're not, is you're not, you're not putting, you're not putting your body on the line. You know, you're not, uh, you know, reading Twitter, having people, I've had uh, death threats and all that kind of stuff from, from losing games and things of that nature. They're not getting that from, you know, running VCs and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, I think it is definitely, uh, uh, you know, um, something to to work hard for. And it's, it's definitely a, a bigger reward uh, in, in their case, I guess. But it's uh, like you said, it's not, it's not too hard, but it definitely is hard in a sense. I, I feel like I agree with you. I, I feel like there's, you know, and, and, what do I know? We, we haven't had our Facebook exit. Right. So like it's right. easy for us to sit here and be like, Oh, it's easy. I'm making money. Right. Bull yeah, market. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, you know, I, I think you have a, and a lot of this is an athlete. I see it a lot in military veterans. Also, there is a certain mindset that sees a problem set and can kind of immediately figure out like, how do I shortcut? How do I like, yeah. you know, get back on the floor faster? How do I, you know, work on this one thing that like, it's, you know, in a lot of ways, your basketball game is actually fairly analogous to this because you, you can find the two areas in the game that regardless of your height and your size, right. you can be great. I can hit that clutch shot. I can be locked down D I can be a great passer. I can be a great leader. You can be very niche and figure out exactly what you want to master. Right. And I, I really, I, I guess I think like, <clears throat> it's not an easy trade. If you just woke up yesterday and you were like, I'm going to be an investor and you have zero right. experience of, of life being right. hard. I think it could be challenging, but I think if you've been against the wall and you've had to fight hard to stay somewhere, yeah. I just think it's a little bit easier for certain people. I, I don't know. I think there's a certain personality type that's like, okay, I got this. Yeah. I think uh, just like you said, uh, I think even for athletes, you know, we come from a background where, you know, we have all these different uh, qualities um, being, being a leader, you know, working, working together with the team. So we have all these qualities to make, you know, a, a great team around us. So I think it's easy for, for us to go into this, this kind of field because we, we can kind of, or at least for me, I can kind of see who's BS and who's not BS and, uh, you know, what the sales say, what the sales don't say and kind of go from there and really uh, take a pick on or take a chance on a company that I want to invest in. Another thing. Um, and I, I try to, I try not to go into this kind of stuff all the time on the shows, but I think it's interesting just based on your background and what you're interested in. Um, you know, we talk a lot about some of the minority investors, minority founders. Recently, I had a founder on Ruben Flores Martinez from Cash Drop. I don't know if you're familiar with him. He's Chicago based or he's, I guess he says he's money based, wherever the fuck money is that he's at. Um, he was denied by every investor. His idea was essentially like Shopify for mobile, put an yeah. IG piece out and people can buy direct. And when I talked to him about it, he was like, everyone said no to me. Now everyone's flinging money at me because we're just crushing it. And 
you know, one of the things that stood out about that conversation and then subsequently the investors that he's put in, which majority of them are African-American investors that back minority founders in particular, they've had a ton of success. And it's because it's not because of obvious things like you're thinking like, oh, there's there's attraction to certain markets. There's opportunity funds. There's all kinds of stuff. It's not that it's their background. It's where they came from. They understand the common regular consumer better than anyone else. And you get these VCs that are out and not just VCs, but founders, VCs, investors that are, you know, I don't even want to, I don't want to say it in a demeaning way to them because I don't mean it this way. They invest in SaaS companies and things that hit only a certain type of target. Yeah. yeah. They're completely blind. They're not in touch with reality pretty much. Yeah. And I really think that one of the reasons we've seen entrepreneurs and investors from in particular, the MBA, who I think is a completely different story because of what Adam Silver and David Stern have done as far as building brand per person, uh, which I'd love to talk to if you have thoughts on it. But the the one thing that stands out to me is that a lot of the, the backgrounds of players like yourselves are familiar with the needs of the community and can yeah. identify companies that will capture needs at a massive scale and yeah. are early in them. And I think that, yeah. that pays a lot. What do you, do you have experience or thoughts on that? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think uh, just coming from, you know, inner city and uh, coming from, underserved areas i think we we kind of see those all the time you know it's kind of normal for us and we see the 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 ins and outs and the the wants of people in those in those communities and we know what what best fits them i think that's that's how you know for me i i look at i, I kind of like investing in in people not just in the company if i can see a person who has a, a work ethic a drive and a, and a passion to to get their product out and try to change the world i think that's more more fitting to just investing into a company which just with sales and stuff like that totally Totally agree. I mean, I think, you know, I was, I just did a pitch review video like 20 minutes ago before this call. And I was basically like, I kind of know what your company does. I like the market. It's in (laughs) blockchain. Like I get it, whatever. It's early. I don't know what the fuck this is going to (laughs) be. Like it's, I have no idea if you can manage anything. Right. I just know I like you. And I think you have the background of someone that if I were to hire someone for that role, I would hire you. And so for that reason, I'd be in. And, you know, I, I think it's, you know, people, if you know people and you understand it and you understand what people are about, I think you can be really successful with this. Yeah, yeah, for sure. People change the world and uh, you can have the, the worst product or whatever, but have that great team around you and that great owner and that great founder. And, you know, they can turn that thing around in probably two or three years. And the next thing you know, you know, you have a unicorn in your hands. I would love that. That would yeah, me too. Fantastic. <laughs> Speak it into existence. <laughs> oh man, I hope so. Um, so tell me kind of what you're up to now. Like obviously, MBA uh, days are done. Investing. I see. Is that a book behind you? You got some projects and books that you're rolling. What What are you into now? What's What is CJ Watson? Or if uh, if I can't, Stacy King would be a CJ Watson. Yeah, yeah. He's 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 uh, he's the only one that says it like that. I think. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I just. Uh, after I was done playing, I wanted to continue to inspire kids and kind of give them hope. Uh, like I said, coming from the inner city, we don't have a lot of resources, a lot of inspiration. So I wanted to be that inspiration for kids. So I decided to kind of tell my stories and uh, what other way to, to, to get to those and reach those kids at a young age and through books. So I kind of put two and two together. And, uh, you know, here is the, the end, end result of my, of my books, uh, which you can find on Amazon and, uh, or you can find on my website, cjpins.com. And, uh, other than that, I'm just out here being a dad, you know, take my daughter to practice, um, angel investing, investing in different companies uh, that I like, that I see fit, and uh, that I think can change the world. And um, uh, have a foundation also where we um, uh, have different programs and stuff for underserved kids in the in the community in Las Vegas, where I'm from. So uh, that's it for for now. You know, I'm just trying to 
stay healthy, you know, and take it day by day. Love it. Um, what, just curious, what kind of companies are you looking at? What, what kind of deal flow does catches your <clears> eye? <throat> Uh, so for the ones that I've invested in uh, previously, uh, I worked with a guy, a business partner, Rashawn Williams. Uh, he's big in uh, helping uh, Nas start his uh, his fund. Yep. Uh, he invested in Ring. Uh, I, I invested in Toro with him, uh, Zenwater, um, Third Body. Um, also invested in a, like little kid snacks called Gobi Snacks. Um, uh, what else? Uh, for, for Your Wellness. Uh, uh, I think I've invested in like 10 or 12 companies in the past two, tw- two years, so I'm just uh, getting started, uh, you know, and trying to learn more each and every day. Um, I'm a part of an angel fund right now, uh, company, uh, angel fund. We, we have class every Tuesday. So I, I learn a lot of things in that, in that class and that fund. Uh, so just trying to expand my knowledge, you know, learn more, meet more people um, and kind of just, just take it from there. Turo might be that unicorn you're talking about that. Uh, they they took so. a hit a little <laughs> bit with, uh, with COVID and then all of a sudden it was through the roof and, yeah, I have the app on my phone right now. I, I think it's a, a amazing product if people yeah. haven't checked it out. Yeah, I never um, I never used it before. Just uh, just one time before I invested in. Oh, you gotta you gotta get. I I don't want to buy a sweet car. I'm just gonna use someone's down the street driving. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's part of the problem. I don't know. I have a right. bad customer. Um, yeah. What do you What else are you looking for? If we If we uh, after the show goes live, we get a bunch of people who follow this up. What What kind of deals can we send you? What do you want to see? I just like uh, things, like I said, things that have changed the world. Um, uh, kind of, I'm into tech. Uh, I have a lot of kids. Well, not a lot of kids, but I have three kids, three daughters. So sounds like a lot to me. I'm two and yeah, done. Yeah. Three sounds yeah. like a lot. <laughs> yeah, I said I was two and done also. Then the next one just popped up <laughs> magically. <laughs> it's going to be uh, the neighbor if we have a third one. I can tell you right now. <laughs> neighbor or the mailman, one of the two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, but yeah, I just like, I like things that, that change the world that have that chance, you know, to, uh, create change. And, you know, like I said, try to be a unicorn, but it doesn't have to be, I just like changing the world and, and making things, uh, you know, better for, for our, for our world and for our, for our people. We need more investors like that. I, I really, I, I say that cause I, I, you know, obviously I hope people like to click on this, but I really mean that. I, I, I yeah. think too many people are looking at this as like a get rich quick thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, sure. It can be, but it's, it's yeah. not. Um, I guess the last question for you, are you a crypto guy? Are you into the Bitcoin stuff and all this bit clout and I'm, shit? I'm not a huge uh, crypto guy. I, I really, even from the first day that you know, I heard about it and came out, I never kind of understood it. I never like wanted to research and learn more about it. I guess it's just kind of not my, not my field or whatever. I, I wanted to buy some, uh, some shares in, 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 in Dogecoin, but uh, my app thing hasn't verified me yet. So I just, you know, obviously I just said it's not meant to be. <laughs> Fair enough. I, you know what? I'm, I'm sitting on this side where I'm like, I'll speculate and I'm going to put, I put some money in Bitcoin and Ethereum and I, I take yeah. it, I buy and sell whatever. I, I know the world has a digital currency. I know that there's going to be this blockchain concept yeah. that will run the world. And so I'll invest in the stuff, but I, I, there's something about it that just reeks of scam. And I'm just like, I can't yeah. rinse it off. Someone sent me something today. A, a guy got caught scamming two, 2 billion uh, of, of crypto. He just, he just took off. <laughs> he flew to somewhere. And that's why I kind of, you know, it's, it's kind of, you know, investing is tricky, but especially in something that you don't really understand. That's why I haven't really put any money into it. I don't, I don't trust it. Shit. I like that investment. Two billion overnight. I'll take that. <laughs> right. <laughs> no shareholders. <laughs> right. Done. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, CJ, thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate catching up with you. I love following you on Twitter. I like seeing all the stuff that you're in. Um, where do people go to follow you and, and keep up with all the work you're doing, get the book on Amazon and all that jazz. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at quietstorm underscore 32. 
And if you want to get the book, check it out. You can go to cjpins.com. And on my foundation's website is quietstormfoundation.org. If you're interested in self-directed investing from startups to crypto and public markets, my Substack is a great way to learn how professional investors screen, review, and pull the trigger on deals. Join the largest community of micro-investors and startup founders on Substack by going to katoon.com.